Good morning. Oh, there we go. Good morning. Good morning thing, you know. So um, anyway, that was pretty lame the first time around, but you guys rose to the occasion the second time. Thank you. Um, Man, uh, unbelievable weather. Soak it up, you know. Soak it up. It won't be much longer until it's freezing cold. And then we'll love that too, right? Um, We're in this series on Ephesians right now. And as we're moving through it, we've, we've seen several things happen. But in the first three chapters, Paul is uh, giving information that people need in order to follow God well, follow Christ well. Uh, it's it's the, uh, the encyclopedia of information that we need that goes into our head and our hearts that we use to uh, then empower what we, how we live. And then in chapter 4, he turns this corner. Paul turns the corner and he says, hey, now what I want to do is, uh, is I want to tell you how this works, what it looks like lived out in public. So that's the trajectory that we're on now in chapter 4. The, the practical things that, that walking with Christ, that following God, what, what that looks like is where we're, we're at now. We're in, so we're in Ephesians 4. So if you want to flip there, and whatever you're using to uh, take a look at it. You know, and I just want to keep saying this because I think it's a good reminder to myself that this book of Ephesians is so well-suited to someone who loves and lives in Crested Butte or is a part of Crested Butte because it's written to a group of people, Christians, who are trying to live in a place that is indifferent to what they believe. This doesn't really matter. It's not, they just don't really care that much. And it's up to the believer, the follower of Christ, the one who this is written to, to actually have an impact in the community. It's not going to happen unless that impact is through the people who are following Christ. So it's a... uh, it's, it's so well written to us, things to remember and how to live in that space, in that place that they were living in, a very religious culture, but not a Christian or uh, even um, a, a, a single God kind of culture at all. So this is the place that it's being written to, and that resonates with me for sure. Now, the, the main point, the one thing I want you to see as we look at this uh, in chapter four is this, the church, the church is always growing towards maturity in Christ. The church is always growing towards maturity in Christ. I think that's what Paul's saying, and I want to share this thought with you and, and, and let it resonate with your, your heart. It's always amazing. Like when Lisa prays, now we're going we're gonna to hear from the word of God. I'm like, man, that is some pressure right there, you know? Um, you know yeah, it is. And I always remember, it, I'm just going to share what, what has been written by uh, Paul and in and I pray that it will just penetrate all of our hearts at some level, wherever you are spiritually. And, and let's talk about that, this idea of the church for just a minute. In this passage, just to, just to set it up before we get to it, to, before we read it, Paul, he doesn't say the word church, he says the body of Christ. So what does the body of Christ mean? What, what is that? What is the church? And just to put it in, in three little, well, let me say this before I put it into three components. One, it's not a, a place. The church is not a building. It's never written about in the New Testament and is a building. This is a place where an aspect of church happens, this building. And it is not a time on Sunday morning or Wednesday night. That is not church. I don't go to church and then church is done. Church is not something happening somewhere and then it's you know, over or whatever. Do you see what I'm saying? There's the distinctives there. This building has nothing to do with church. It's just a place that we meet. However, there are three 
main categories of church or the body of Christ. One is the whole church, like T-H-E, big capital T-H-E, church, the whole church around the world. If you've ever been to church in another place, whether in the States or around the globe somewhere, small, large, whatever that church is, followers of Christ are the church wherever we are. Now, if you grew up in kind of a a higher, like a more uh, formal church like I did, we always said creeds. We would repeat creeds. And so anybody grow up like that? Some of you guys, a few of you. So uh, for just to speaking to those of you real quickly, you know, we, we often said, I believe, one of the phrases, I believe in the Holy Catholic Church, communion of saints, but anybody knows that for us. Well, and I always thought, what does that mean? I go to the Methodist Church, and I'm, I believe in the Holy Catholic Church. What is that? You know, it, so if you know what I'm talking about, if you don't, just check out for a second. But, <laughs> which, you know, some of you probably already are. But anyway, um, When it says Catholic church, it means I believe in the church, the church, the big church, the church of all the believers together. There is a sense in which it is very important for us to see the church as the church, believers everywhere. So when you go to a little tiny mountain town in Mexico or go to Africa or you go to Europe or you go to Thailand or wherever you go and you go to church, you're a part of the, the big church, okay? And then there's another aspect is the local church which many of you are a part of, where you come from, have been a part of. You're a part of the local church here. It's this gathering of people. It's the community of people who follow Christ. Whether they're in this room or not, we're in the local church. But today, the focus, it has all of those aspects in it, but the focus, I think, that Paul is trying to communicate is the the church is made up of individual parts, And all of you who are believers in here, who are followers of Christ, are the individual parts of the church, and you are the church. Do you see what I'm saying? It's sort of a, there are a lot of different ways to look at this, but we all as individuals are important parts of the church, and Paul's going to try to make sure that we understand that we're parts of the body of Christ, and we're all important. It doesn't matter, well, we'll we'll get to that. It doesn't matter what you think you're, how gifted you are, or what you bring. If you're a follower of Christ, you're a part of the church. So, uh, the church is always growing. So, the, the church, but individuals are always growing towards maturity in Christ. So, three questions I want you to ask yourself, and this will form the outline of the, the passage as we look through it. Do you understand what, what the destination is? Do you understand what it means to become mature in following Jesus? Okay, what does that look like? What's maturity in Christ? If I tell you that, could, you, could, could I ask you that? Could you answer it? Can I answer that? Another question is, are you stuck in childhood? And that'll make sense in just a minute. Are you stuck in the mature spiritual childhood? And the third one is, do you know what your role is within the church? Do you know what the part is that you play? So these are the questions, and, and this is how we'll unfold the passage. So if you will, let's look, we'll just read it, uh, 4, 11 through 16, four verses, five verses. <clears throat> so Paul says, he gave, it, it's probably more accurate to say he gave some as, not just he gave apostles. He gave some as apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. 
so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning and craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined together and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Okay, this is again one of Paul's massive run-on sentences. I'm sure you are kind of going, okay, I've got it, I've got it. where are we? Um, we're going to try to unfold this just a little bit so, so it makes sense. The, question, the first question is, do you understand the goal? Do you understand what, it, what maturity looks like? When you're a mature, or if you see someone who's mature in Christ, do we know what that is? Uh, you know, as a, as a little kid, we all know, or at, at a certain age, and it's a pretty young age, when we get in the car to go somewhere with our parents, or, or you're putting your kids in the car, they kind of have an idea of where we're going. Like, we're going to school, or that's, you know, okay, or we're going to the doctor, not so good. Or we're going to the playground, or we're going to go for a hike or a bike ride. You know, a small kid, a really small kid can understand the destination. And if we're followers of Christ and we don't know the destination, we might be like a small child spiritually, but we need to understand this idea of of what maturity is. And uh, at the beginning of the passage, let let me read the beginning. It says in verse 11, he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers, to equip Christians for the work of ministry. Okay, now now listen to this for a second, because I'm going to ask you briefly to share back with me what you see as the parts of of, uh, growing towards maturity. What are the things that he's talking about here? Uh, So to equip Christians for the work of ministry, building up the body of Christ until we attain to the unity of faith, knowledge of the Son of God, mature manhood, measure of stature in the fullness of Christ. What are a couple things to jump out from there to share with me? What's that? Okay. Part part of this is teaching or learning. Okay. There's knowledge of who who Christ is, a a full knowledge of that. Okay. Unity is a part of that. The body is being built up. Yep. Work of ministry. You can't hog all the answers, Lisa. It's because you're in the, yeah. No, I'm just saying. <clears throat> I'm just saying. Yeah, over here. What else? There's these little snippets in there. A couple more. We're all scared to answer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've set that up for, yeah. Yeah, you're like, what's he going to say about me? <laughs> growth. Growth is definitely a piece of this. It's, it's internal and it's as individuals and it's the church. There is a sense of the fullness. There's a, kind of a strange sentence there. The measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. It's a lot of, what is that? Okay. There's a steadfastness in there. All these different aspects. We're, gonna, we're just going to pick on a couple and, and try to pull them out together. You know, when we were, uh, if you're a believer in here, when you became a Christian, you didn't know very much. And you probably, sometimes you've learned something like, oh, I just didn't know that. I'm, I got to really wrestle with this now. I'm not sure how this fits into my world view, how I think about things. You know, we started out with this, Knowledge is basic knowledge of being adopted, 
of being redeemed, of coming to know Christ by faith alone. There's nothing we can do. We kind of have that as the basic stuff, but we probably haven't read the whole Bible. We probably, it has never made sense to us. Suddenly, we're in this process of growing. And then Paul writes this kind of long sentence about growing up and maturing and in this measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Well, the word fullness really means what fullness sounds like. It, it means contentment. When you're full, when you say, hey, I'm, I'm full. There's a sense of, I, I am content with where I am. Does that make sense? You know, I don't need more. I, I'm, I'm full with what I have in this. So it's very important for us as believers as we're growing and we're looking at what maturity looks like, it's not what Paul does. He does not say it's achieving different benchmarks. You will become greater and greater. Fullness doesn't sound like a a goal that's way out there to me. It's a, a being fulfilled and content. You know, we so naturally think I've got to jump through certain hoops to be successful. It's what we do. It's how we think. It's how we're made. We, we're driven like that. And we, another thing we do is we compare ourselves to other people. I'm, I'm better than that person. That's good. Oh, I'm worse than that person. Oh, they have that all, they got the spiritual thing all together. I'm not, you know, I'm not like that. I can't do that. I'm not, these things that we tell ourselves. And there's nothing in the scripture and nothing about what Paul is saying here that causes us to look, to have to look at ourselves like that. It, he says what it is, is that we're looking to be full in Christ, to be content only in Christ. Um, then he, he uses this word stature. Stature is to be upright, to stand upright. And one of the things about somebody stand, someone standing upright is that they exude confidence. There's confidence in the place that they are in. They can stand upright and know who they are. We, when we stand upright in Christ, it is acknowledgement of the fact that the thing that we learned early on in our faith, we are redeemed. Uh, we're not worried about performance. We're not worried about looking good. We just know that we are redeemed. And redeemed means that you have infinite, unbelievable value. I have infinite, unbelievable value because the Son of God sacrificed himself for me. I was worth that. That allows me to stand up in the fullness of who Christ is. Um, You know, it's funny that people talk about the believers, you know, they need a crutch. Okay. That's not what this is talking about. This is saying who you are is not trying to get somewhere and be, you're, you're full no matter what you are like in Christ because you are redeemed and loved in him. This is your identity. It's, not, it's contentment and fullness and that's where we're headed into that kind of maturity. And there's a, an aspect of this maturity, this thing that's, that's not a benchmark, that is uh, security in Christ, that is now and not yet. Because did you notice he uses this word several times in there about building and growing. And some of you mentioned that just a moment ago. 
we're always in a process of being refined and growing and going through trials and successes in our faith and our life. And all of that stuff is moving us forward in our identity and fullness in Christ. So maturity, I'm trying to just say this a bunch of different ways so we all hear. It's not what we do or how great we are or how we're not that or not that. We're full in Jesus, and that is maturity. We're able to stand confidently before God because we are redeemed. And that's a pretty powerful thing as you go through life and you know that there's something much greater within you and for you than anything that you can manufacture for yourself. So the destination is, is, not, is not something we achieve, but it is maturity. It, it, the maturity is a confidence in Christ. Now, the next thing he brings up is this idea of childhood. And it, I think it might have been a little bit harsh, actually, at the time. It doesn't sound too harsh, but he's, in verse 14 he says, the reason that you are being built up is so that you're no longer like children, tossed to and fro by the waves, and, and just able to be affected by all the things that come your way, the things that you hear and dis- disturb your faith. So we have to ask ourselves honestly, are we stuck in spiritual childhood? I mean, childhood is pretty good. We enjoy that. We, just uh, last week, my family was in Arkansas to visit my oldest son, Taylor, who's a senior there at the university. Go Hogs. Um, not yesterday, but um, <laughs> more like piglets yesterday. Uh, <clears throat> but we, went, we all went camping together at the state park. And so we were coming away from our campsite and crossing this creek, and there were these children playing in the creek. And there's like four or five of them, and, and they were having a blast. And we were going to go on a, a little hike, which with me is kind of more like a very slow stroll. And so we turned, you know, 30 minutes into about two hours. My family was real patient. But um, while we, when we walked by those kids, I looked down, I was like, you know, I remember those times. Of just It's like magical playtime. You don't even know where the time went. You're there with your brothers and sisters or your cousins or something or your neighbor, friends. And it's like, this is awesome. You know, and they're building dams and you know, splashing each other and they've got swords and all this other stuff. It's just totally make-believe. It was, it was, a, gr- that was a fun thing to see. And we came back a couple hours later and they were still down there, exact same place, doing the same stuff. Just, you know, and they know, I know it was like to them an instant. Somehow as Christians, we get stuck in that spot. It's easy to get stuck there and not want to move forward because that's a nice, safe, fun place to be. All the information is good and positive and life is good, but then life starts to happen, you know. Um, We're in danger of being tossed around, being out of control. You know, if, if I was to have walked by there and there were a bunch of you know, there were five or six men down there, grown men, playing with sticks and building a dam and splashing, you know, and like, oh, dude, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to swear, you know, and all this. And then we came back two hours later and they were still there. We'd be like, let's move our campsite, right? Because that's... <laughs> but that's, that's kind of... I, I you know, it's funny, but it's also, you know, honestly... As Christians, we just, we've, there's a comfortable place that we find and it takes a step to move forward, to um, move towards this maturity, this growing that happens in Christ. And he says in verse 13, if you went back just a little bit, 
know if it's 13 up there. Ooh, um, well, it's up there, in there somewhere, but uh, it's 13. Um, he says that we need to feed ourselves. We need to be built up in the knowledge of Christ, the deep things of Christ. We need to be built up. So one of the things, he, he gives really two ideas, and in, in, in both of them you guys said a moment ago. One is to know Christ and to feed ourselves with the word. Now, uh, here's another little anecdote. Many of you wives, or people who are, are married here, understand that it's, it's kind of tricky to send your husband to the grocery store. Okay, because you may not get what you ask for. And so I've, over the years of marriage, I have learned that I'm not going to really, I'm going to try, but I'm probably not going to get this quite right. And so Claire sends me with a very specific list. But I have, I have two rules. One is to do the very best I can when I dad shop to, to buy exactly what she says. So I, she makes me really use, usually a short list. Um, so I, less chance of failure. And so um, I follow the list, but then I purposefully now just buy some stuff that I want to buy. <laughs> Pudding cups, a bratwurst with fruit in it. You know, I, I, it just doesn't matter. There's some stuff, like I bought a Mr. Potato Head there. I, I don't know if y'all have seen it down there, but it's the Mr. Potato Head by the chicken. I couldn't help it. He was on sale. I bought Mr. Potato So we cannot, as believers, feed ourselves like that. We can't feed ourselves just because, oh, I'm going to take that in and feed this. We have to be purposeful and intentional, and it's the beauty of what my wife and some of you ladies bring to that thing. There is a purpose behind what we are doing when we are putting the food on the table. And to be full in Christ, we need to put the right food on the table and dig into that stuff. And I'm, I'm so excited about uh, even our, our group's right now that are meeting. Our young adults are studying Ephesians. We're studying Ephesians this morning. Both women's groups are studying Ephesians in different ways. The men's group is studying Ephesians. We're just digging into this book. So we're all being fed wherever and whatever place that we can join in with the body of Christ in this thing. So we need to feed ourselves well in, those, in that truth. And here, here's something that's really important to know, especially if you're a parent and, or a, a, a young parent in particular. The Barna group did some research and they've discovered that, you know, when they're looking at uh, children who go away to college who are involved in church or call themselves believers and then they drift away, and then those who don't drift away, one of the key, in fact, the highest and most important uh, thing about encouraging a child to, or that um, was a part of the life of a child who stays close to Christ as they move on, is knowledge of the word. You know, of all the things, by far and away, knowledge of the word was the thing that helps people stay connected and faithful to Christ over the long haul. So that's just a little bit of information. And Paul's just bringing that out. God says it. It's true. It comes from the earliest times of the church. And then as Lisa mentioned earlier, being unified, which it says in 13 also, is really important. It cannot be overstated. The unity of the church is critical to us as believers, to the church, to the work of Christ. We must be unified. And said it before, we've all been a part of churches probably where things didn't go great because people started to butt heads over some issue. And it just destroys the witness of the church. You know what else happens when the church separates over different ideologies? Then the, the churches become just a bunch of people that look exactly the same because they believe against the other people. The diversity of the church, the body of Christ is broken up. 
It has been broken up and divided over history. Think about that for a second. As we've said, oh, no, no, what I believe in how we have pews or not or hymns or not and all the, whatever the thing was, this little nuance of theology has divided us up and made us impotent in many ways. It's important to stay together. You know, this summer I, had, I was on my back, so I had a lot of time to watch the Olympics. And I watch stuff, even when I'm not uh, injured, like that I never watch. Badminton? Come on. Okay, no offense to anybody. Swimming? Who watches swimming? Okay, there's one. Okay, (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, there are some of you who love swimming. You know, table tennis? You know, we don't, but I'm watching these sports, and and we watch these sports. And then when someone from the United States gets up on the, the top of the podium and they play the anthem, you're like, yes. You know, that feeling, you know, and you watch them and you're like, they're engaged in that. church is, is kind of a similar way is, is we are hoping and praying for each other in our communities to be successful in our faith. Like, no, I don't really understand the way he lives. They're different and they believe something, they have some nuance of what they, it's not quite, but we agree on Christ and we agree on our faith in him and in our, in our stature before him. And so I'm cheering and praying for the people in my community around the world who are followers of Christ. So, if we're stuck in, in childhood, if we're stuck there, we're not engaged in fighting for unity. We're just fighting for it. We're just, just stuck in a place of immaturity. We need to grow in being unified. So, are you and I, are we stuck in childhood? Ask yourself honestly. And then finally, do you know your role? Do you know the role that you have? In the faith. Now, at the very beginning of the passage, he said he outlines real quickly, real, real briefly. He says he gave God gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, and pastor teachers. Some people are cut out for those roles. Right. One of the things that we need to ask ourselves as believers is honestly: is am I? Has God called me? Has He cut me out for one of those roles? So. If you're at a certain place spiritually, you're probably wondering, is that what I've been cut out to do? To lead people as a shepherd, as a pastor, as a teacher? Am I cut out? Am I an evangelist? Now, evangelist has a lot of negative connotations in our world, but the best connotation of an evangelist is someone who is so on fire about Christ and they share the truth and people actually come to know Christ around them. I love being around people like that. And there's just a few of them because it's a gift. It's a gift. But there are other gifts that are laid out. In fact, the way Paul describes it here is that we're equipped. Every joint is holding together the important parts of the body of Christ. And that's all of us. Your role, no matter how minor you might think it is, is not diminished by what you think about it. I mean, some of you are just incredibly generous givers. Some of you are counselors. Some of you are work with children. Some of you are in construction. Some of you... You know, all kinds of different things that you, you bring your talents and your gifts to be a part of the church, wherever you are. Every one of us, as a believer, has a role. It, is God, we have to ask ourselves, is God maturing me and I'm, I'm ready to move out of childhood or adolescence into a role 
that I really see myself serving. So ask, ask yourself that. If you're walking with Christ and you feel a little bit of tension over that, what is he calling you to, how is he calling you to be used? In the church. I had a friend at uh, the church I used to work at, and we were in small groups together for years, and I always, he would lead, and it didn't go so well, and he would help with other things, it didn't go so well. One, so I was always just dying to find out what it was that he was geared for. His name was Paul. And so we finally got together around this men's ministry thing. We had like 100 guys come to men's breakfast, and I needed someone to help create the Bible study pathway. Like, what are we going to study? What, when, where? So we had this coffee together. We talked. He went home. The next day, he said, I think, I think I'm interested in this. The next day, I got a spreadsheet. He's an engineer. Um, of 10 years of Bible study plan. Okay, now I am more of an artist, so I read like four lines and I, you know, wrote, wrote back, this is awesome. <laughs> we finally, so this is like eight years ago. He still creates the pathway of, of learning for that group of men. It took years to find that place that he fit in, but he stuck with it and he went after it and finally God just showed him and he just, you know, he just launched into it. The opportunity arose, bam. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen for everybody, but... God uses individual people from small little churches to do amazing things. And it can be a small thing, but it can have a huge impact on people around you. We're gonna, I'm going to close, and we're going to have a time of communion. Drew's going to lead us. In fact, Drew, if you want to get your folks, grab your stuff as I uh, wrap this up. The last thing Paul says is the body of Christ will be growing and, and alive. It'll be active. It'll be adding to itself. That means that we're growing individually, spiritually. But we're also, y'all come on up. Don't, don't worry about this. Um, we're growing spiritually, but we're also, uh, we're the church and the community. And Christ is seen in the maturity, the confidence, the stature of the people who are following him. And uh, so I just want to encourage you in, in your quiet time this week as you get a chance to read the word or be with God, ask him these questions and set your mind, your heart, and your, your sights on what, it, what it, maturity in Christ looks like and, and aim for that and be willing to step towards it. God, thank you for uh, my friends here. We just... Uh, as we spend just a few moments uh, in contemplation, I, I pray that we would be uh, driving towards maturity in you, but that you would be filling us to move towards that, that our knowledge of you, our, uh, the, uh, the faith that we have in you would draw us towards you. And, um, God, let this be a moment where that can happen. In Jesus' name, amen.